Hey guys, welcome to our podcast on the road to Damascus. It's me, your host, Yvonne, and we are doing something a little bit different. We have loved bringing you stories that have inspired you, that have brought hope to the world, people who have been on their own Damascus journey where they've had a moment where God has interrupted their lives and they have totally transformed their life. Or we've talked to people who have said, you know, it wasn't a complete transformation. We had this moment where it was steadfast, where it was small interruptions until I found that the foundation of my faith was completely changed. And season one and season two, we've had the opportunity to talk to so many, many different people from different areas of the world and share their story. But this time we're going to do something a little bit different. And the transition is going to seem radically different. And because you see, this is season three of On the Road to Damascus. And season three is going to be something different. We're going to talk about your journey of On the Road to Damascus. We want to share insightful revelation. We want to share, um, you know, amazing things and equip you to take your own journey so that you yourself would understand when God is interrupting your life or having that moment where you are just radically changed and understanding what that looks like when he comes and, and does that. So things are going to be looking a little bit different over here. And for you guys, it's going to look and sound a little bit different also because we do not have our co-host Luke Askew anymore. Luke has made a choice to go and serve his family and just love on them so well in the UK that his focus now is going to be his family, his ministry, and all the things that he is doing. And so we wish him all the best as he moves forward and chases after God and the things that God is doing in, in the world. So you're going to hear my voice, Yvonne. You're going to hear me share with you bits and pieces of my own journey, bits and pieces of the revelation and things that I have found over the year, tangible ways that I've grown, intangible and spiritual encounters that I've had that I can't really explain where they've come from, but they've marked me really deep forever. And you too. I want you to be encouraged that there's moments where God is tangibly reaching out to you and tangibly want to mark you and help change your life forever. And so as we move forward on the road to Damascus, I want to share with you why we chose that name and why that name has become so important in the podcast, but so important in the ministry that I have founded called Damascus Experience. And I wanted to share with you the story from the book of Acts. Now, the book of Acts is an amazing book, you know, where Jesus came, he spoke to his disciples, he, you know, did some more teaching for about 40 days, and then he left, and then came the Holy Spirit. And from there on, it was the journey of what the apostles and people of Christ were going to be doing and how they were bringing the testimony and the story of Jesus to everyone. And we meet somebody in Acts 9. 
Now, his name is Saul. Saul was not a Christian person. He was not a follower of Christ. Actually, he was the opposite of that. He was a crucifier. What he did was that he found people who loved God very deeply and he persecuted them. And so I know you're probably thinking, you know, oh, Yvonne, why did you name everything after him? But the thing is, is that there's a really radical story here that I think a lot of people, um, you know, I don't want to say they miss because, you know, it's actually a really large story that a lot of people uh, use in sermons or in stories today. But there's a lot of parts in that story that I think that we can really take away about how God moves in our lives and how to really distinguish the different journey or the different points we're on in the journey. And so I want to read to you from Acts 9. And we're going to start with the conversion of Saul. So I'm reading from the NASB, New American Standard Bible. But if you want to read it, you can read it from any other version. You can download it on your phone, on an app, or you can actually go and open up your Bible if you have one, and you can read it, or you can hear me. I'll read it to you. It says, Now Saul was still breathing threats and murder against the disciples of the Lord. Now Saul, still breathing threats and murder against the disciples of the Lord, went to the high priest and asked for letters from him to the synagogue of, at Damascus so that if he found any belongings to the way, both men and women, he might bring them bound to Jerusalem. And it came about that as he journeyed, he was approaching Damascus and suddenly a light from heaven flashed around him. And he fell to the ground and heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And he said, Who art thou, Lord? And he said, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. But rise and enter the city, and it shall be told you what you must do. And the men who traveled with him stood speechless, hearing the voice, but seeing no one. And Saul got up from the ground and thought his eyes were open, and he could see nothing. And leading him by the hand, they brought him into Damascus. And he was three days without sight, and neither ate nor drank. Now there was a certain disciple at Damascus named Ananias. And the Lord said to him in a vision, Ananias, he said, Behold, here am I, Lord. And the Lord said to him, Arise and go to the street called Straight, and inquire at the house of Judas for a man from Tarsus named Saul, for behold, he is praying. And he has seen in a vision a man named Ananias come in and lay his hands on him so that he might regain his sight. But Ananias answered, Lord, I have heard from many about this man, how much harm he did to the saints of Jerusalem. And here he has authority and the chief priest to bind all who call upon thy name. But the Lord said to him, Go, for he is chosen instrument of mine to bear my name before the Gentiles and kings and the sons of Israel. For I will show him how much he must suffer for my name's sake. And Ananias departed and entered the house, and after laying his hands on him, said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus who appeared to you on the road by which you were coming has sent me that you may regain your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. And immediately there fell from his eyes something like scales, and he regained his sight, and he arose and was baptized, and he took food and was strengthened. 
Okay. I know that was probably, that was a lot of scripture because I know that was like 1 to 19. It felt like a lot of reading for me. But I want to take some really important things from here and why I chose to go this direction with the podcast. You see, Saul was a man who was doing what he thought was right. He was just living his life. He was told he should be doing something. And the world said that we persecute Christians. And at that time, he was doing it. He was doing exactly what he was told. And so what he wanted to do is he wanted to make sure that he had all the proper documentation and he had all the proper information so that he knew that when he found the, found the people of the way, that he could take them to Jerusalem. But then there was an interruption in his life. You see, I don't think Saul, he wasn't looking for it. He wasn't looking for Jesus. In fact, he was looking to persecute Jesus. He wasn't looking for him. But Jesus was looking for him. And Jesus was seeing what he was doing. And not in an angry way, because God is not an angry person. He spoke to him, why? Why are you doing this? Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And why is that important? Because there's people who have in their lives have had an encounter with God or have felt so personal. And maybe they've never said your name. Maybe they've never said, you know, hey, this is who I'm talking to. But you knew, you knew, you could feel it that that was directed for you. That was meant for you. Why are you doing this? Why are you living your life this way? Not in a condemnation. And, and that's something that, you know, I think that we go, oh, you know, he's condemning him. I don't think he's condemning him. You see, because I think he's what he's doing. He's going, why are you doing this? Because I know you. I know your heart. I created you. This is not who you are. Why are you doing this? And I think in that moment, it's a, it's a really touching moment. You know, I think about many times where I've had, you know, mentors in my life. And, and I have one particular who, you know, every now and then when I get really upset, I send a message to her. And she'll be like, why? And it's not condemning. It's not, it, it's not mean. You know, it's not a way of saying, hey, you know, like you're wrong and you should do it this way. It's more of a why. Why are you choosing to do it that way? Why are you choosing to go that direction on that journey? Why? Not to argue, not to fight, but just for you to step back, you yourself, for the person who gets asked the question, why? To step back and look at the big perspective of things. It's almost like that question why is like, somebody knocking glasses off your face and not realizing they've been dirty this entire time you've been you haven't been seeing at all you've only been seeing the small parts where there wasn't any dirt why why and then it says i am jesus whom you are persecuting he calls his name and then he introduces himself Saul, why are you doing that i'm the person you're hurting you're not hurting those people. Those people are, are not hurting. You're hurting me. 
And I find it such a moment of intimacy right there where Jesus goes, why are you, I am Jesus whom you are persecuting. See, Saul was persecuting people. It says he was going after people, both men and women. He might bring them bound to Jerusalem. He was going after them. But Jesus says, you're not going after them. You're going after me. Why are you coming after me? Those are my children. Why are you attacking me? And then after he said that, he goes, okay, but rise and enter the city and it shall be told to you what you must do. Now, if anybody has ever had, you know, a moment where you're going one direction and all of a sudden the direction is changed, you know, sometimes when I, in my mind, I'm driving a certain way all the time, you know, when you're going from point A to point B and you do it all the time, right? Going to work. This is the way that I go all the time. It's almost like you can put your, your mind into, you know, like this moment where it goes, I don't actually need to focus because it's muscle memory, right? And so I just go, I just go, I just go, I just go. But there's a moment where, you know, sometimes somebody else is driving and I'm like, okay, you go that direction. This is how I go. And then they go a different direction. And where I wasn't paying attention before, all of a sudden I'm on high alert. <gasps> where are we going? Why, why are you going this way? What is happening? Why, why did you choose this? This doesn't make any sense to me. This is the direction I always go. And it's one of those things where it says, but rise and enter the city and it shall be told to you what you must do. Saul was going one direction and Jesus goes, actually, I'm going to go a different direction. The way that you have been always been going, I'm going to take a different route. And all of a sudden Saul sat up and was like, what? But no, this isn't, this, this doesn't make any sense. And so I, I found it, you know, interesting in those three verses where Jesus speaks. That is it. Three verses that is spoken to Saul at that moment in all of the scripture that I read. Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? I am Jesus whom you are persecuting. But rise and enter the city and it shall be told you what you must do. What he's saying is, why are you going that way? You know, if you go this other direction and you go to where I tell you to go from there, I'm going to tell you what you need to do from there. And I just find it so fascinating that these three verses, three verses totally changed Saul's life forever. Now, the men who traveled with Saul stood there speechless, hearing the voice, but seeing no one. I mean, could you imagine you're hearing talking? You can't see any talking. I'm like, I'm really not sure what's happening. And so they're looking around, not understanding what's happening. Saul got up from the ground his, and thought his eyes were open, but he could see nothing. He opened his eyes and could not see anything. And what they need, what the men needed to do was bring him to Damascus. He couldn't see. So as the leader of the party that went out persecuting Christians was now needing to be led by them to Damascus because he could not see anymore. As somebody who is a leader in her own house, you know, because she's mom, everyone relies on, on me. And I find it 
you know, I, I love it. I love, you know, helping my family, helping, you know, making sure they're taken care of, you know, when they need me, I help direct the way when, you know, when they, we plan to go on vacation, I do all the planning. Like generally the direction of our household on the journey is because I'm leading the way. And, you know, and I'm okay with that. I, I really do enjoy doing it. But one of the things that I do want to say is that when I'm down and out and there's somebody else who's taking control of the house because the house can't stop, it's really hard to sit back and have somebody else lead something that you are in charge of. And I don't know about you, if you've ever experienced that where somebody's like, okay, I'm in charge now. It's going to, we're going to do it. And you, you are so vulnerable at that moment because you've had to just put down everything, every thought, every position, every characteristic that defined you by that role. You've had to put it down now because somebody else has, has taken it up. And when the men brought him to Damascus, leading him by hand, they brought him to Damascus and he was there for three days without sight and he neither ate nor drank. So I'm assuming by that point that the men probably left him. You know, he was brought to the house and the men just continued on doing what they were doing. And so he was there without sight, no idea what was going on. He had, now this was the time for inner reflection. It's like those moments where, you know, you have those life flashes before your eyes, you know, where they talk about that, where it's like, did I do everything? Am I feeling good about everything I've done? You know, Saul had to sit, he sat there for three days. And I find it really interesting in Acts 9 when he talks about three days he could not see. Three days. Where other? Where else have we read in the New Testament, which is three days, which is the death and resurrection of Jesus? Three days. Saul sat three days blind. He was dead and then he could see. It is a beautiful, beautiful example of the death and resurrection of Christ. For once was dead, is now alive. And I just think, I just think the way that the encounter Saul had with Jesus is a beautiful, beautiful metaphor of Jesus really wanting to impact people's lives, of taking them from death to life. And so then we have a certain disciple at Damascus named Ananias. Okay. So I, I think when I was reading, I might have accidentally pronounced his name wrong at the beginning. It's not an easy name <laughs> to, uh, to pronounce. But, you know, I just wanted to talk about this disciple of Jesus at Damascus here. So Ananias was a disciple who was in Damascus, you know, because he had a vision. And he had a vision to be in Damascus because God was telling him he needed to do something. And Ananias is a great example of what the first thing he says is the Lord said to him in a vision, Ananias. That's all he said. He just said his name, Ananias. And the first thing he says, behold, here I am, Lord. Behold, here am I. Here am I. I mean, that, you know, the, the man knew 
God's voice. He knew and listened for him. And he had a vision. And God said, Ananias. And all of a sudden, you know, and he goes, me, here. I'm right here. You called my name. I'm right here. Then the Lord said to him, rise and go to the street called Straight and inquire at the house of Judah for a man from Tarsus named Saul. For behold, he's praying. And he has seen in a vision a man named Ananias come in and lay his hands on him so that he might regain his sight. So God says, okay, you're here. I need you to do something for me. And so I, I just think in my head, you know, what was Ananias thinking? Because I'm going to tell you what I'm thinking. I'm thinking that there's a man who persecutes Christians over there. He was known. Like, it's not like Saul wasn't known and he went about, you know, in a sneaky way. Like, he was well known for what he did. Well known for what he did. And he went around persecuting them without shame. Without shame. And Ananias was like, you want me to go there? Like, you want me to go over there and go lay hands on this man and let him see? Because if we do that, I'm just saying, like, he can hurt me and he can hurt the other people and I don't want them to get hurt. And for Ananias, I don't think it was a a real you know fear i don't think it was fearful and you know the way that i read it i don't think that he's going mm, yeah maybe you're wrong i think ananias had such a deep relationship with jesus is that when when god said oh i want you to do this ananias is like yeah i heard about this guy like uh, are we sure that this is what this is what you you want to do and he goes cuts like Good question. Good question. I love it. I love it. No, but I want, this is what I want. See, he sees, we see from such a micro level that God sees from such a macro level. And his response to him is, he's my chosen instrument to bear my name before the Gentiles and kings and the sons of Israel. When God spoke his name, Saul, why are you persecuting me? It wasn't because of who Saul was at that moment. It was because Jesus knew who Saul was meant to be. And all he could see was the person he was meant to be was not lining up with the road that he was walking on on earth at this moment. God had a special plan for him. He was going to use him to bear his name before the Gentiles, the kings and the sons of Israel. That was his job, but he wasn't going on the right path. And so God interrupted him. You see, he sees us. He sees us for who we are. He sees us for who he created us to be. He sees us for our purpose that we were created in him. He sees us for that. He doesn't see us for what we're doing right now. He doesn't see us for the things that are, he, you know, for some of us, it's going, yeah, but, you know, I've been doing this and I've been doing that and I don't think I should. Yeah, well, I'm going to tell you something really important that somebody had to tell me is that I am not defined by the things that I do. I'm not defined by those things. There's always consequences for the things that I do, but I'm not defined by them. Jesus has not defined you 
by the things that you've done. In fact, he sees you for who you really are. And he's calling you off of the old path that you're walking on right now onto a new one, the one you're meant to walk on. You see, I think we all have journeys and I use, you know, this podcast right now as on the road to Damascus because it's a journey. We all have a journey. We all have a path to be on. Some of us are struggling more than others because we think we're on the wrong path. I think maybe you're on the wrong path. You're struggling so hard because it was one night you were never meant to walk on. You're not equipped to be on that path. So Ananias departed and entered the house and laying his hands on him, said, Brother Saul. Isn't that just beautiful? Ananias heard God, was like, not really sure. And God says, no, this is why. This is what we're doing. And he went and he said, Brother Saul. You know, there's people in our lives, if we allow them to be part of our lives, who guide us on this journey. Ananias guided Paul. You know, there's people out there who who want to help you, who don't see what is happening in your life right now, but they see you. There's people who are who have special glasses to see you for who you really are and not, you know, how the world sees you. And Ananias, in a loving way, said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus who appeared to you on the road by which you were coming has sent me so that you may regain your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Ananias put his hand on him so that he can regain sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Can you, the moment that Ananias said, I'm going to put my hands on him, scales fell from Saul's eyes. What? This story would have been very different if Ananias did not go would Saul would have been blind forever? Would he have waited instead of three days, three years, 30 years before it happened? Ananias, in all his loving of God, was ready and heard the call to go. And when he went, and he, there was breakthrough that happened. Ananias went and Saul was able to see, and he was filled with the Holy Spirit. And immediately there fell from his eyes was something like scales. He regained his sight, and he arose and was baptized. I'm going to tell you, he regained his sight. I think that is a much deeper meaning than what it says. It's not that he once was blind and now he can see. While I do believe that he was blind, but I think he regained, as in he saw the original model that God has made the earth. How God has loved people so deeply, he saw. We're all created to do that from the moment we're born. But the world puts scales on our eyes when we experience the world through our experiences. We see the world through our experiences. And we're not seeing it through the eyes of the Father. And sometimes we need the scales to fall off so we can see the world 
as God sees the world. Saul didn't see it. He had scales on his eyes, and they fell off, and he rose, and he was baptized. And he took food and was strengthened. That right there, that encounter, that moment, that Damascus experience moment, while reading it looks like three days for some of us who've experienced that, for myself, 15 years, 15 years of the journey. Now, some of it's because I'm really stubborn and some of it's because, you know, I just wasn't getting it. Let me tell you when I started really getting it. I started really getting it when other people who were already strengthened in the Lord came around me and started leading me. They started putting their hands on me and they started praying for me. And when those people came around me, I had an opportunity to do things that I never thought I could do. You know, we sometimes think it's a journey of being alone, but it's not a journey of being alone. We need people. Not only do we need people together side by side as brothers and sisters, but we really do need people who have been doing this longer than us to come in and to just lay hands on us and be like, can the scales fall from your eyes and can you be baptized again? It's a journey. It's the ultimate interruption in our lives to go from the left to the right. It's the ultimate interruption and the moment that we have that we experience how we were living to how we should be living. And I'm really excited to go on this season three journey with everyone as we are going to break down in four different segments these verses and we're going to talk about real live application language so you can understand and the ability to see when God does interrupt your life. And so I'm really excited you're coming on this journey with me as we share this. And so as you go forward and enjoy your week, as you move forward and you go, okay, this is, you know, this is, I'm excited about this. I encourage you, I encourage you for start with the very, very first thing. And the very, very, very first thing is that God spoke his name. Listen for God to speak your name. And we're going to talk about that more in episode three, God speaks your name and how we listen to it and why it's so important for that moment and how it defines you. So thank you for listening to episode two on the road to Damascus. Again, my name is Yvonne. I'm so excited to have you along on this journey. And I feel so encouraged for so many people to get on this journey and to discover that maybe the way that you're not doing it just needs to change direction. Or maybe the way that you're doing it and you're feeling a little bit stuck, I encourage you, don't give up. Don't give up. There's so many people who are stuck right now. And I'm saying, don't give up. There's people who have been doing this for a while who are coming alongside you and going, okay, let's help remove some scales so you can see further and beyond mountains than you've ever seen before. So thanks for listening. 
If you want to, you can go ahead and go to our Instagram on the Road to Damascus podcast. Go like it. Um, find us on our Spotify channel, Apple Podcasts, on all the streaming platforms. You can go find it, like it, star it, five star review it. Um, let me know how much this has blessed you. Let me know if it has blessed you. I know, look at me, see, I'm just saying these things that it has blessed you. I'm praying it does bless you. Let me know if it has blessed you. And come back as we drop season our season three, episode three in two weeks, and we talk about God calling your name. Thanks for joining me on the Road to Damascus podcast. Have a great week. Bye.